This episode of the Cigar Snob Podcast is actually a broadcast that we do on AM radio. So we do a show called The Draw on 12:10 a.m. The Man, which broadcasts in South Florida, Mondays, Tuesdays, and Wednesdays from 6 to 7 p.m. Uh, we've been broadcasting live from Cigar Cellar of Miami at 1557 Sunset Drive, and we're sharing broadcasts of The Draw here on our podcast. So without any further ado, here is the latest installment of The Draw. On 12:10 a.m., the man, which you can also find on Spotify if you search for the draw 12:10, or uh, streaming live again Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday from 12:10theman.com. That's one two one zero theman.com. Otherwise, uh, you should be able to catch uh, episodes of that show right here on the Cigar Snob Podcast feed, unless you want to hear us live, which is always fun. Anyway, here you go. Welcome to the draw. I am Nick Jimenez. Hello, Nick. Joined by Eric Calvino. What's up, y'all? Or as Japanese fortune tellers like to call him, Eric Caruvino. Caruvino. And also special guest, Terrence Riley of Aganorsa Leaf. Terrence, say hello to the people. Hello, everyone. There you go. We are broadcasting live from Cigar Cellar at 1557 Sunset Drive on 1210 AM the man with 50,000 of the finest watts that man has ever put over the airwaves. So fine. We've been doing this for roughly four months. I still don't know what 50,000 watts means, but I'm very excited to have all of those watts. And it's, uh, you know, this is really uh, the, the peak of radio. This is the peak of radio technology, 50,000 watts. Is. It is. So every, every watt matters. Every watt matters. All watts matter. Oh. Um, we are... No watt left behind. We're going to lead with an apology here uh, because last week I told you many times that we were on the cusp of smoking uh, the number 20, 25 cigar of the year, and we keep pushing it back because stuff keeps happening. Uh, the, there's too much excitement Still going on around gonna here. not going to smoke it. And so today, uh, because our friend Terrence is in the building, we are smoking something entirely different. Also an excellent cigar, though. Terrence, why don't you tell him? Uh, let's start with what we're smoking, and then we'll jump into the, the company and tell people a little bit about it. Sure. We're smoking our Aganor Salif Shade Grown Corojo Maduro Signature Series. Uh, what's special about this? Okay, that's a long name. So let's give it the, the name that people would ask for if they walked into the store. Aganorsa Signature Maduro. There you go. That's, that's the little shorter there. Okay, thanks. The key is Aganorsa. As long as you're asking for that, that's what matters. Um, and this particular cigar has something that we're really excited about. It has a shade-grown Corojo Maduro wrapper. Corojo, uh, excuse me, uh, Maduro is generally um, one, most Maduro wrappers are San Andres from Mexico or broadly from, from Connecticut or Pennsylvania. This is a, a Corojo leaf we grew in Nicaragua, and we grew it under shade rather than under the sun, which usually you would associate with a lighter wrapper. But we sure, take, a thinner. Yeah, uh, something like a, a Connecticut shade mm -hmm. or, or something like that. In this particular instance, we used higher primings and fermented it for longer, so you have a nice, rich Maduro hue to the cigar while retaining that sweetness that Corojo has. So really excited about that. And it's kind of the best of both worlds, right? Yeah, it is. The best, what, you know, why, why have to choose? You, know, yeah. you get better. Yeah, yeah. You, don't have to, you don't have to choose between thick and veiny, but the sweetness yeah. of, the, of a Maduro uh, versus the mild but thin and pleasant to and, hold. An elegant look of an a... An elegant look of, a, of let's say, a Connecticut yeah. shade. We give, we give you both. We give you both. We're givers. 
And we're yeah, takers. Was, <laughs> yeah, we're takers. Yeah. We just sit here and host a radio show while people bring us cigars. Yep. So it's a pretty good, pretty huh. good deal. Everyone's happy. That's what matters. <laughs> um, so let's, uh, we, we've talked about Aganorsa on other uh, broadcasts, but let's kind of go back to what is Aganorsa. Um, and uh, one of the interesting things being that there is a factory right here in our backyard. Yes, sir. Yes, in Miami. We produce cigars in Miami. Predominantly, we produce in Nicaragua, um, but uh, we, we do have an operation here in Miami as well. Very cool. So, so tell us a little bit of the, you know, the, the abridged version of the history of Aganorsa. So we are, uh, we're one of the largest growers of tobacco in Nicaragua. Um, our primary business is selling and growing uh, to, tobacco, which we, we sell to a slew of companies. So you've almost certainly had our tobacco, if, uh, even if you didn't realize it. And then we, we make cigars for other companies as well, such as Illusion, Warped, uh, Foundation, Viaje, Sindicato, HVC. And then we also have our own products, which we're smoking here today. So yeah, these are these are cigars. Um, did you leave out foundation? Did, oh, did I? You I apologize. Did leave out foundation. Oh, Nick is going to show oh, I'm up gonna here. Call. I'm going to send him a clip of this. Nick Sorry, is going to show up here, and he's going to come to boom fire upon you. <laughs> <laughs> I apologize. I, I, I missed one. Oh man. Mm. Um, okay, so um, these are excellent cigars. These are so many of the other things that Agonorsa produces. This is in the time that it has been around. It's been you know sort of a. Uh, regular appearance on the top 25 list that we do every year. Oh, yeah. Uh, always rate very highly. Um, Not only that, but the, the, the biggest indicator of, of how much we like a cigar at Cigar Snob is how you can't find them in our humidors. Because <laughs> exactly. once we're done rating them, everyone's like, hey, you got any more of those? Uh-huh. And you got any more of those? Uh-huh. And then they're all gone. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, when we're done smoking the stuff that we're not too excited to smoke, we this is one of the things that we jump to. Yeah, you won't you won't find these on the uh, like on the on the charity golf tournament tables where we donate a lot of cigars. No, you won't find oh, them. Oh, I hope I hope nobody at St. John Newman Catholic Church that I take cigars. They <laughs> <laughs> just don't make it. They don't make it to those tables. Um, so, uh, Terrence, let's talk a little bit about your your own history um, and how you got into the cigar business. Let's start with. What is it that you do specifically at Agonors? So I handle uh, national sales and marketing, and uh, I travel the country, work with our retail partners, uh, help uh, in terms of you know the presentation and, and uh, where we kind of advertise and, and, and all that kind of thing. And basically, the whole, you know, to simplify it is to create excitement for the brand, to, to get uh, to work with our retail partners and consumers, and and show them what's special about us, what makes us different, and get them to enjoy the product so that they go in turn tell other people about it and that's the whole that's the whole game yeah so when you're when you're out trying to pull that off of, of generating that excitement about the brand what is it that you found about Aganorsa that sort of resonates with people and gets them excited because it is a very crowded field there's sure. a, there are a lot of people making cigars and a lot of even more brands of cigars so what is it that you found uh, in the time that you've been in Aganorsa because you're relatively new on their team yeah year and um, a half now yeah uh, what is it that you've found really sort of like strikes a chord well, I think companies generally try to separate themselves in three, three ways. There's kind of cult of personality companies, and, and it's really the brand owner's uh, charisma and, or presentation or, or something with them that separates the company. And then there's companies that are more lifestyle-based. You think of a, a particular brand, and you think of a type of person that would smoke that cigar, and there's, that's another way to do it. 
And then there's product-based companies where they focus on the actual product itself. And that's for us what we are. And what makes us special is the tobacco we grow. We're vertically integrated from seed to ash. We control the whole process. Uh, we're growing Corojo 99, which is not a seed that's commonly grown in Nicaragua. And we have a distinct flavor. And when we travel, what we try to do is show people that, that this isn't just about, you know, oh, this is, tastes like apple pie, and, you know, blueberries, you know, spice or whatever. Um, this has a real palpable uh, taste that's different than anything else out there. And we do these agonorsa experiences where you get to actually taste components of our tobacco and see how we create our signature flavor. And it's, it's been really effective because people, instead of telling them, you know, we're really great and we have this amazing flavor that nobody else has, they get to actually not only you know, they experience it, but they get to see the process for how you know, the tobaccos we use combine to create that unique essence. For sure. So, and Eric, that's something that you talk about all the time, the way all that the, the aroma of Aganorsa sort of cuts through a room. Yeah, and why, when I'm, I describe it about speaking specifically, specifically about Corojo 99, uh, the, which is something that you guys are known for, obviously. But that aroma of a Corojo 99, when someone is smoking it in the room, it doesn't matter what everyone else is smoking. You'll, you'll notice that that cigar smells particularly different and, and particularly good. Yeah, and so it's very noticeable, regardless of what's happening in the room. I always say we, we grow for, for flavor and aroma, which sounds obvious. Like, well, what else would you grow for? But the tomatoes at the grocery store are grown to make it to the grocery store. They're not necessarily the best tasting tomatoes. They're Correct. the ones that will make it to the market and don't bruise easy. And so that, that's the primary concern. And so in growing tobacco, a lot of times guys will use uh, hybrid seeds that ferment faster or they'll, they'll do processes that kind of speed things along or higher yield or higher yield exactly yeah. um but aren't necessarily the best you know the best tasting and you know corojo is a, it's a difficult seed it's not as high yield as other uh seeds that are out there but because it has such an incredible flavor and aroma that's what we that's why we grow it yeah it is it uh it, it sort of harkens back to the the old cuban ways of making cigars right absolutely which is all about flavor and aroma it wasn't about strength i mean yeah. strength had to be a component of it but it's really about flavor and aroma and balance and so that's that's kind of the the signature of of agonorsa to me whenever oh. someone asks me people ask me about different brands all the time and when someone asks me about agonorsa that's kind of what i what uh that's my pitch i agree i think it's a good pitch <laughs> yeah, it, yeah it's like listen they, they make up. very cuban style <laughs> cigars talk. yeah oh well i think i guess we're done here <laughs> so i i'll i'll know uh you know that what we've been doing to this point is we're trying to educate people we're trying to or educate or educate them um a friend of mine who is not a regular smoker uh, has started listening to this show because she just started in a job where you know she's around other cigar smokers and wants to sort of uh, participate sure. and sound like she knows what she's talking about. And she was just texting me to let me know that as soon as she starts smoking with these guys, she's going to be telling them all the stuff she knows about Corojones. <laughs> <laughs> so, so we're doing yeoman's work here. Yeah, great, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if that's a, you know, I can always say it tastes like cojones. I don't know if that's a... Oh, no, no, corojones. Co oh, 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 corojones. Oh, okay, I thought you said something else there. <laughs> come on, come on. Keep it, get, get your head out of the gutter. <laughs> um, so uh, where do you come from personally, and how did you get into cigars where the as a heck smoker? Where did you come well, from? What, how did this happen? What's this gringo doing here? Now, uh, so, you know, Terrence Riley is obviously a gringo name. I grew up in Massachusetts, which is uh, not known for its tobacco culture. Well, actually, it is in a way because it's part of the Connecticut River Valley, which, sure. so you, there's a lot of tobacco grown in Hadley, Massachusetts. So in a way, there is. But I, I had no association with that. Um, my my father and Manuel Casada, who from Casada Cigars, makers of Fonseca, uh, they make the Nat Sherman brands, um, uh, the Casa Magna brand. 
Um, he's uh, he and my father are first cousins, and when I was younger, uh, I went down and spent the summer in the factory. And I think, like everybody, what attracted me to the business is is the same. I, you know, you see the, the amount of work that goes into making cigars. You see uh, the camaraderie that develops around cigars, and that's something that's really special. And I don't know a lot of other you know activities or careers that you can have where that's that's such a uh, crucial part of it. And so I got involved in the in the family business, and I worked there for about a decade, and then. I, uh, I came to Aganarsa. And so, back when you were, when you were at uh, Fonseca, you were, was your role the same as, as it is now? It's similar. I, you know, in a family business, what happens is that you, know, you do whatever kind of needs to be done. Yeah, because so, I remember you more in sales. Yeah, I, I would. Say, I mean, my primary role there was was very similar. It was it was handling national sales. That said, I you know I was involved in ordering inventory control doing stuff for FDA regulation. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Yeah. So there was, you know, you kind of get, you wear a lot of hats in a family business, whereas uh, where I'm now, it's, it's focused purely on, you know, sales and marketing, which quite frankly is what I want to do. You know, the, the other things are very important, but I, I'm one, not as good at them and two, uh, don't enjoy them as much. And when you, when you came over to Agonorsa, what, what, what brought you to them? So what, you know, why did you, you had, you had choices, right? Am I, am I wrong? And yeah, is it okay choices. to say that you yeah. had, you had choices. Some, choices. some other companies out there were wanting some Terrence in their lives <laughs> and, but you chose Aganorsa. Yeah. I, I just, I was cue, cue the sexy music. Yes. Yeah, the control room. <laughs> it was that, it was really the, the, you know, I was very lucky in terms of being able to talk to a few different uh, companies and, and uh, what really attracted me to Aganorsa, I don't think they, they were the obvious choice necessarily, but they were to me the choice where I saw it a huge upside and a lot of potential. They just had such incredible tobacco um, and it just didn't seem enough people knew about them. And the cigars they were making for other people uh, were, were better known and, and uh, had more notoriety than, than the stuff they were making for themselves. And that just didn't make yep. any sense. I mean, it's, it's their tobacco, it's their factory. Uh, you know, but yeah, and it wasn't that they were making, I mean, let's be clear, it wasn't that they were making uh, inferior cigars for themselves. No, that's, well, that's Not my, at all. My, my whole point yeah. is that. Is the that, cigars you know, are fantastic. Yeah, you, I mean, if you can do it for other people, you, you're doing it for yourself, you know, and so people just didn't know about them um, to the way that, you know, when we, I would mention other companies that we make cigars for, they'd say, oh, yeah, those, and you talk about Aganorsa and the brands we make, Casa Fernandez, JFR, and they were less, people were less familiar with them. Yeah, um, as a matter, you just mentioned JFR. They were more, as far as their brands... Yeah, the brand that was most well known for them was, was JFR, yeah, was, was the which JFR. is a, a bundle product. Well, not a bundle product, but uh, it's, it's, uh, it's you know, a value it's, brand. It's a, it's a value brand, yeah. All right, so uh, we are coming up on the end of this segment, and we are about to run into a bunch of advertisements. Mm. Very exciting stuff. Sexy ads. You have been listening to the draw live from Cigar Cellar at fifteen fifty-seven Sunset Drive. I am Nikki Minutes with Eric Calvino and special guest Terrence Riley. When we come back from these ads, I will read you one more ad before we keep talking about all these very informative and exciting things. Catch you on the other side. Back. To the draw on 1210 AM. The man live from Cigar Cellar at 1557 Sunset Drive. I'm Nikki Menez, joined by Cigar Snob Magazine publisher Eric Calvino. Hello, y'all. And Terrence Riley, our special guest from Aganorsa Leaf. Say hello to the people, Terrence. Hello. There you go. All right, so we're going to... That's the most mild-mannered hello that I think we've had on the show. But I like it. You know, we need a little balance here. Hello. Hey, bro, hello. Oh, can we do the rest of the show that way? Can we do that? (laughs) I don't think... I I wish I had prepared you. I would ask you to read this ad 
in that voice. That would be a dream come true. But since I'm not going to put you on the spot like that. Thank you. I appreciate that. Hey, guys. It's Nick Jimenez here from The Draw. As a person who travels the world visiting cigar lounges, people ask me about the best cigar bars in Miami. And I always answer, Eric, you know what I tell them? What, what is it? I mean, what are they? I what could you possibly say? I tell them Cigar Cellar, located right off of Sunset Drive Great in answer. South Miami, where owner Alex Broche invites you to the man cave that is Cigar Cellar. Also, sometimes, as it is right now, a dog cave and a lady cave. Yep. There's a lady here and there's a dog here. All sorts of activity happening. So you want to be here. They have a great selection of cigars, including Oliva, My Father, La Flor Dominicana, CLE, Arturo Fuente, and a whole bunch more, along with excellent craft beers and wine. Eric, what are we drinking right now? I don't know anything. Uh, Terrence actually bought the Terrence, beers what today. Are we drinking? This is Midnight Oil. Midnight Oil. From so, what brewery? Hmm, it's, good it's, question. It's, Swamp, uh, it's a local brewery. It's at Swamp something. I Alex. Swamp. Swamphead. 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 Yeah. Midnight, so Midnight Oil. Oil by Swamphead. There if you go. want that, they have it right here on tap. And it's delicious. Cigar cellar. And it is delicious. It is I don't even like beer, and I'm drinking one right now. Uh, that's, that's not even a lie that I'm telling on the radio. I say a lot of untrue things on this show. This one is true. Eric can tell you, and everyone's mind here is blown by yeah, the fact that I'm drinking a beer. You don't drink beer. I don't drink beer. Cigar Cellar has 24-hour access to their VIP member lounge with humidified lockers, a TV, and big discounts, of course, provided you are a VIP member. So that's a thing that you definitely want to do. Cigar Cellar is also the home to our radio show. We are live on site Monday through Wednesday at 6 p.m. We hang out, smoke, and talk all manner of cigar snobbery. Sometimes we bring in other cigar snobs like Terrence Riley. People are thinking, mm -hmm. hey, I'm snobby. How come I'm not on the show? Your yeah. day is coming. Terrence's day came today. Yours will come Finally. someday. You know, we, also oh, we, have, have, we have the MVP waiting in the wings. We have the MVP waiting in the wings. Yeah. There's another snob. He's super snobby. He's the snobbiest guy in the room right now. <laughs> and he's hanging out at Cigar Cellar, so you know it's good. Visit <laughs> Alex Broche and the rest of the people at Cigar Cellar, and they will make you a VIP at 1557 Sunset Not Drive. Not MVP, because there's only one MVP. There's only one MVP. You can't be the MVP that's taken, but you can be a VIP. Yeah. There are many very important people, but not the most important or valuable person. That's the MVP. You can call them if you're one of those weirdos <laughs> who still uses a phone to call people at 305-381-0458. Again, that's 305-381-0458. Or go to their website, website cigarcellerofmiami.com, <laughs> where they also sell stuff. They sell all the things that are in the store on the website and then some. Follow them on Instagram at cigar underscore seller, C-E-L-L-A-R. Not like a person who sells cigars. Seller, like an underground thing, except there's a lot of nice natural light. So we've got a little golden hour stuff going on right yeah. now where we have this beautiful, we're going to take a selfie soon. The lighting is so great here. For sure. Uh, all that stuff. It's selfie also thing. right next to Sports Grill in South Miami, which is going to make it very convenient for you to stop by Sports Grill, buy me chicken wings, and come here Monday through Wednesday, 6 to 7, give me chicken wings, and I will say anything you want me to say on live radio. That's the deal. Bring me chicken wings. It can't be vulgar. Yeah, FCC uh, And it has compliance. to be under, like, I'll keep it under 30 seconds. But short of that, I will do anything for chicken wings <laughs> on the radio. Uh, in fact, the visuals don't matter. This is a totally audio medium. So I can do all sorts of terrible things. I just won't say them. Mm -hmm. So uh, anyway, this has been the best value in radio advertising. We spent a lot of time on this, uh, so congratulations to Alex Broch on your excellent purchase of airtime. Uh, and now, back to your regularly scheduled cigar talk. Eric, what do you got for us? All right. <laughs> where have well, you been lately? Oh, Mr. oh, that's true. That's true. I, I, I travel the world out. smoking, but I so know. do you. 
You're, you're right. You're right. I have been uh, absent <laughs> for two weeks. Uh, well, we had a trade show in Las Vegas. And then after, sorry, I had tobacco in my, my rips. Uh, <laughs> sorry, I don't say lips anymore. Uh, but uh, we, we had a trade show in Vegas, which uh, we'll talk to Terrence about in a little bit. But then after the trade show, I had my family fly in and meet me there. And then we went around to the Grand Canyon. Uh, we went to Joshua Tree National Park, Mojave Desert. And then went to L.A., took the kids to Disney. So, yeah, had a nice little, a nice little trip. And this is Disneyland. Disneyland, I yes. have never been. Have you been I, to Disneyland? I had, no, Terrence? never. Tell I me about never the Because I assume we've all been to Disney World of at course. some point. So, we're not communists. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God you're not communists. All right. Uh, no, it's, it's smaller. It's considerably smaller. The footprint is smaller. So everything is closer together. Uh, but really, a lot of the, there's a lot of overlap. There's a lot of the same rides. And then there's a couple of rides that, that you only get over there. So we went to the uh, cars. My kids are into cars. So... We went to what's called the California Adventure Park, which is the uh, there's Disney and there's California Adventure Park. They're side by side, and uh, and so anyway, it's 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 really small, so you can you can do the park multiple times. Like you don't have really? to, yeah. You know how here if you're, I, I don't know Disney super well, but like if you're in Frontierland, and and you and you missed your ride because it was the line was too long or something, and you didn't want to do it, yeah. And you can't go across the park to another ride and then come back to this one. Yeah, it's like a This north. park is small enough where you do that. You're there and you're like, you look at your app and you're like, oh, that, that line is 120 minutes. Forget that. Let's go get a fast pass and then go across the park to the other side. Not a problem because no. it's so small that it's easy to do. So that was cool. Uh, other differences that I found interesting, they had, they had like hot dog stands. Hot dog stands. Just a regular old hot dog stand. Well, no, they were Disney-fied sure. hot dog stands, but hot dog stands nonetheless, which is something you'd never find no. No, in no Disney way. World. Absolutely not. Right? They want you to sit down and spend $30 on a burger. Yep. That's going to be horrible anyway. Yeah. And, and you have to get all of that. Here, you could just down a hot dog and then keep going. Did, did they count, get your hot dogs here? Did they say that or no? They did not say that, which, is, which disappointed yeah. me. Where, where, where was that hot dog stand guy from? <laughs> He's, he's from a lot of places, potentially. <laughs> he's a well-traveled hot dog yeah, stand. Yeah, yeah. He, he, he his accent an, was seasoned by his many adventures. Yeah, he was not an Anaheim. Traveling, yeah. traveling the world, visiting <laughs> cigar lounges. <laughs> that was not an Anaheim uh, hot dog vendor. No. But, uh, he wasn't local. No, no. But anyway, that was, that was pretty cool that you could just inhale a hot dog and keep going. Yeah. Which is something that, like I said, does not happen at Disney World. So that, that experience was, uh, was different. It was cool. My kids love all that stuff, so... We did it. I, I mean, I, I made them go through Grand Canyon, all these parks and all this stuff. How'd they handle the heat? Man, the heat wasn't that bad. Because here, when it's hot, you want to die, but there, you might actually die. You might actually die. Well, it wasn't that hot the entire week. The hottest uh, was actually in the Hoover Dam. Really? That was the only yeah. moment where well, it was, concrete holy, so, yeah. Jesus, it's hot. But beyond that, even when we were in the Grand Canyon, I mean, we, we spent an entire day up and down and walking around the Grand Canyon, wow. the South Rim. Which, by the way, if you're ever going to go do that, I've done the helicopter rides. I've done the airplane rides over the Grand Canyon. I've done all that stuff. Nothing beats the South Rim, uh, really? at least in my experience so far. Yeah. Uh, nothing has beaten that South Rim. It's awesome. There's like these little shops, and they're all overlooking this, these amazing views of the Grand Canyon. So just awesome. Uh, so we did that all day, and it wasn't that hot. I mean, one guy <laughs> got airlifted out of, but he was hiking. And apparently had been hiking for a couple of days yeah, and was completely dehydrated. Yeah, he blew it. 
Yeah, that's not the way to do it. Nah. No, no, it was really, it was sad because his girlfriend is standing by as the, as the guys. That's not funny. I know. <laughs> but she's standing by and she's like, you're going to be okay, Kevin. And she, what I see that she's like bawling, right? You're going to be okay, Kevin. And Kevin is like pale as a sheet of paper on a gurney. <laughs> I, mean, I, I hope he didn't die on the way to, you know, over there. You know. No, I don't think so. I don't think so. He was being cared for. But it was like. You're gonna be okay. You're you're gonna be fine. It's not your fault. And it was oh, poor man. guy. It's yeah. like, please shut up. Yeah. It's not your fault. <laughs> so, anyway, now the guy looked like he was gonna be fine. But, uh, but yeah, you that can definitely kill you. That heat. But it, at the top where we were, wasn't that hot. Kevin wouldn't say the same thing. But yeah, Kevin has a different story about the Grand Canyon. <laughs> yeah, Kevin's Kevin's memories are different than yours. Well, he may not have any left. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully he's still around. He fried him. Nah, poor, poor Kevin. He was fine. I'm kind of worried about him now, to be honest with you. He's fine. Kevin, Kevin I'm, if you're I'm, out there. I keep telling myself that he's fine. <laughs> yeah. Kevin, if you're out there, let us know. You can tweet us at Cigar Snob Mag. A simple I'm fine would suffice. <laughs> yeah. We need to know. Please. Don't leave us hanging here. <laughs> poor guy. Uh, so did you uh, have a chance to smoke anything while you were out there? I did. I did. Well, we rented a house that was out in the middle of the desert uh, in Arizona, which was really cool. The house... Uh, it had an interior pool, which you need. Like I imagine, you yeah. just can't have a pool outside because no one's going to be in it. So that was pretty cool. We didn't use it, but uh, nice to look at. But it was nice to look at. But the house itself, the yard was awesome, and it had a it had a grill and all this stuff. So at night, I did grill once. I smoked a uh, that that night. I smoked an Opus uh, out in the desert. But uh, the thing that was magical about it was when you look up, there was, I mean, it was a deserted town, really. Yeah. It's just yeah, it one starts. beautiful house. And just the sky would just lit up. It was amazing. So that was pretty cool. So I did smoke that. I smoked uh, while walking across the Hoover Dam in the heat. Uh, don't remember what I smoked because it was too damn hot. I was, like, rushing across that thing. Uh, and, then, and then in California, we actually spent a day in L.A. So we did walk around Rodeo and... Uh, and we smoked a, uh, an Aganorsa out there. Nice. Uh, anniversary. Oh. The Lancero that I love. Oh, great cigar. So I love That's that. That's the smoke. move. That's Thank the move for sure. You know, I actually just bought a bunch of, uh, I bought a box of those anniversaries. Uh, Whoa. Splurgy, huh? As a, as a gift. We, must, we may be overpaying yeah. here. As, as a, a high life. Yeah. It, was a, it was a very last minute thing for a bachelor party in Chicago that I had said I was going to go to, couldn't go to. Uh, and the guy's last name is Fernandez, so he got a kick out of having a box of Casa Fernandez for the, for the bachelor party. So I called Up Down, and I bought him from Up Down. Oh, yeah. And had somebody pick him up there. But it was like a, it had to happen inside of like 24 hours because I'd, I'd forgotten the date. I, had, I knew I wasn't going, and I had just put off buying the Casa Fernandez's from wherever. Uh, and so that's what I ended up doing. Waiting on that big paycheck. Waiting on that big paycheck to buy the Casa <laughs> Fernandez's. Waiting on the 15th of the month. <laughs> so, um, so uh, Terrence, let's talk about this specific uh, Aganorsa uh, Signature Maduro that we're smoking. Um, I forget how much detail we went into before, but let's talk a bit about the, the blend here and what separates it from the rest of your portfolio. So, like I said, this is, and this is just coming out now. There's a few shops in the country that got a sneak preview of it uh, last month, but really it's going to be uh, launching fully in, in the next couple of weeks. And as I said, the, the key uh, most interesting part of it is that wrapper that uses that shade-grown Corojo Maduro um, that nobody else in the industry uh, currently has. And the blend is all Nicaraguan, uh, all Aganorce leaf. Um, binder and filler are a mix of Corojo and Criollo tobaccos. Just really, uh, I feel it's a rich cigar, but not aggressive at all, and has a nice sweetness from the Corojo to it. So it, like uh, we were talking before, it's the best of both worlds. You have that rich kind of Maduro uh, flavor, but you also have that sweetness that uh, that sometimes can be lacking 
Um, you get too earthy sometimes with Maduro, and that this one has that sweetness that I personally like a lot. So where does this sit for you personally in in the lineup? And I don't know, as somebody who sells the cigars, how comfortable you are calling out a favorite. Well, and the fact that it's brand new. You and know, the fact that it's brand new. When but it's brand you've new, probably you probably smoked quite a few of them. Yeah, what I would say, I'm really excited about it. I don't think that, I, I, for me, I always look at, you know, when I talk about it to somebody, are they going to be interested in it? And I think that, that having that, that kind of game-changing wrapper makes people, they, they, people want to smoke it when you tell them about it. When we were at the show, which we'll talk about, is, you know, they hear a hundred different stories about different things and, you know, cigars came from Castro's beard or whatever yeah. it is. And uh, when, we, when we talked about this wrapper, um, which we're featuring on a couple cigars. Being uh, that this show airs in Miami or South Florida, yeah. there's people, like, just driving off the road right now, like, what? Castro's beard? <laughs> Shut up. Like, nobody wants that. You know, well, my point is, is in, in, it's not true anyway. So yeah. uh, that we have something that, one, is true, and two, is interesting. And so I think that that's a, a winning combination. And, and we, we saw retailers really interested when they, when they heard that. F- fertilized with the stolen trimmings of Castro's beard yes. for, the, <laughs> for the fervently anti-communist yeah. uh, people in the audience. Uh, so, um, yeah, I, I, it's, the, the sweetness is something that I think people have to you know, taste to, to understand when we refer to Aganorsa as uh, Corojo. Um, and especially if you're, I think that's something that, you know, that I've told people, if you're just getting into cigars, you're probably not in your head thinking, I'm looking for sweetness. Uh, but once you know that it's there, you start to sort of identify it and understand what's meant by the sweetness in a cigar. How would you describe the sweetness there? Well, I mean, first off, you have to, you have to explain that, it's, that it is a tobacco sweetness. Sure. It's not a, a sweetness like a candy. Yeah, it's that's not one. sugar. Yeah. And then two is a sweetness that, that is more in the aroma than it is on the palate. Yeah. Uh, and it's, it's a cedary sweet. To me, the way I describe it is always a cedary sweetness that you, that you perceive in the aroma more, more so than in the taste. Yeah, more, more on, it's more on the, the, the nose yeah, there's the a cream. Yeah, there's a creaminess in the taste, yeah. and then there's, a, there's that cedary sweetness in the aroma. All right, so we are coming up on our last commercial break before the end of the show. Uh, in other words, there will be one more segment. Yep. So you have, <laughs> I'm already sad. you have to listen to these ads to get to the last 15 minutes of sweetness of the draw mm, here on 1210 segue. AM. The man live from Cigar Cellar at 1557 Sunset Drive. I'm Nick Jimenez with Eric Calvino and special guest Terrence Riley. We will catch you on the other side of all of these extremely informative and worthwhile advertisements. Come on back. To the draw live from Cigar Cellar at 1557 Sunset Drive. I'm Nick Jimenez. With Eric Calvino, What's up, y'all? Terrence Riley, and the one and only MVP. What's up, Cigar World? We decided the last time the MVP joined us that that was his name. We're not going to, but you can go ahead and tell people your name if you want. Uh, my, my name is Mike. I'm not going to use your name. I'm only <laughs> calling you the MVP. And I'm going to always say the MVP, not MVP, the MVP. The one and only. The one and only MVP is with us. Not, not el MVP. Oh, I like el MVP. El, M- el, 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 el MVP. <laughs> uh, by the way, I, I want to shout out. Uh, he's not here, nor did we plan this, but I, I, I don't do a lot of unsolicited shout outs for cigar makers and their cigars. Uh, but this name is too good. Uh, Robert Caldwell, who cigar smokers may, uh, you know, may know of, posted a picture recently of a new product of his called La Whatever, which is... <laughs> Easily the best. I'm sorry. <laughs> Apologies to everybody else. He wins. He wins the cigar naming game. La whatever has to be my favorite cigar name of all time. Uh, so apparently a bunch of people, apparently 
a, lo- a lot of people are uh, planning on storming a government facility in hopes of finding some law whatevers. Um, so I think these guys need to tell us about it because I am completely clueless yeah, on this. Eric and I have no idea what's going on, but apparently Terrence and the MVP are completely up to speed on the, uh, on the Area 51 plan. So tell us what's up. Yeah, so apparently there's a Facebook page where around 1.2 million people have pledged to storm Area 51 on September 20th of this year. And what is the what is it? Why are they storming? You know, Area 51. They got aliens there supposedly. Yep. Sure. Yeah, we know that see, part. They want to see aliens. <laughs> okay. You got to see them. You got to see what's there. Yeah. You got to see what's going on. I and think it'll, it'll be very interesting to see what the government does. They, they protect that place like a, a fort. For sure. Yeah. Or tragic potentially. Now. Yeah. Or tragic <laughs> could be. So who's who are. are Number one, are either of you planning on joining the raid, joining Inclu- the storm? Include me out. Yeah, I'll, I'll follow the live stream on Facebook. Yeah. And there will be many live streams. If you, I mean, you, how would you storm Area 51 and not do a Facebook stream from your like, little but, helmet yeah, cam least, or something? Yeah, you got yeah, to do that. For sure. How no do you question. stop over a million people? Well, no. that assumes that they're all going to show up. Who knows yeah. how many people are going to show up? Um, what do you think, what would you hope, if, suppose that you were raiding or storming Area 51 and you find an alien. We'll start with a dead alien and then move to a live alien. What's, what do you want to do with this dead alien? What's the move? When I think that, what was it, Made in Miami, the, that uh, Instagram account? Is it Made in Miami? Or uh, only made, in Dade. Only in Dade that put the ETE on a, uh, on a spit. Gross, kinda, yeah, yeah the rotisserie. <laughs> yes. So you're taking the Cajachina. You're taking oh, the Cajachina. Sure. Domino's and Cajachina cigars. Yeah, and the Cajachina conveniently is on wheels usually. Of course. So you can actually have a couple people riding on the Cajachina, maybe motorize it yeah. and have that be your vehicle. To, you want to motorize very sturdy. It. Hmm. You don't yeah. want to be pushing that in the hot sun. Who no. knows how long you're going to have to push that thing for before you of get course. to see some so, aliens. So, it's a big base. So, okay, so hang on. So solar-powered Cajachina is what you're using to get there yeah. and then cooking the, the alien that you find. Okay, awesome. No, and then I, so I, far, I, we have a plan in place. And, and, and I can see it now. People from Miami showing up with the pots and pans like when the Heat won the championship. Oh, hmm. for sure. Yeah. That's, you you got to have pots and pans. Well, no, the pots and pans are really for the frijoles. It's not because anybody <laughs> won anything. Well, you, you need some frijoles to, to cook with the, with yeah. the alien. You can't eat alien without it. Come on, yeah, dude. What is wrong with you? Without some beans. Some chicharro. A little bit of mojo on it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. So suppose the alien is alive. Who do you want with you? Because you, I'm assuming that none of us are prepared to fight aliens. But do you know somebody who's going to help you fight the aliens? Chuck Norris. Chuck Norris. Who you got? I'm going The Rock. The Rock. Good I'm move. going with The Rock. Good call. So I'm, assuming Tom, Chuck Norris, so, I'm going with The Rock. I'm assuming we have Tom Brady throwing footballs over here. For, of <laughs> yeah, course. Tom Brady. With, with, yeah, Tom Brady over there. He's from New England over here. He's a great man. <laughs> I think the first great thing the man. alien should see. He's a great is a, man. Is a, get, get out of here. He's, he's a great, a great man. Okay, listen. I'll give you he's a great quarterback, but please don't give me great man. Great man. He went on to say great American. Yeah. I don't say the I don't say the word you know God, American you know the com, you know I don't say the expression American hero often. <laughs> of course, do, could, uh, wait the, in in New England is the term "caraguante" understood? Like, do you guys know what that means? No, they're they're, they're not familiar <laughs> with it. Get out of here! I, I like "caraguante." "Caraguante" is great. It's a good term. Um, ter- let's let's segue there. Terrence, talk about what it's like being such a diehard Patriots fan in Miami. Well. It really dawned on me is that my son had like, you know, sports day or something where you could go in sporting equipment or you know whatever. And you and, did and, that and to my, the poor and, boy. And my son, you know, he, he, he was in kindergarten at the time. Okay. And I put, you know, he went in with the Tom Brady shirt on, and he came home and he said, "I don't want to wear this to school anymore." And I said, <laughs> well, "I said, why not?" He's like, "Everyone was saying mean things to me," so I was like, "Ah, well." In retrospect, 
I should have maybe prepared him a little bit better for this. So yeah, at least give him some. One, look, I'm not, I'm not here. I'm not one to help Tom Brady, but you got to give the kid some one-liners to give back to him. Yeah, and there's and there's plenty. You know, yeah, at least to Miami fans. Show him all the rings. You should have sent yeah. him to school, like MVP says, with a handful of rings. Yeah, handful oh, of rings. Yeah. yeah, and you could have thrown them at the other kids. Yeah, of course. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not one for violence, yeah. but hey, a, a thrown ring here and there. Yeah, I don't. Who, who's the judge? Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I'm I'm pausing here because I don't drink beer and I am doing like a month's worth of burping and I'm only halfway through this beer. <laughs> okay, yeah, that's awesome, Nick. Thanks, <laughs> thanks for sharing. Thanks. We didn't know that Good. and we didn't have to. Yeah. Well, now you do, and it's out there. And yeah, yeah. We, and we can't go back. And so does everybody, unfortunately. Okay. If you don't want to finish your beer, uh, no, no, no. I'm enjoying Terrence it. And I it's will just, finish you know, it. I got yeah. a lot of gas happening. So, know, how are you enjoying that Agronorsa leaf? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thank you, MVP. <laughs> this yeah. is why he's the MVP. Yeah. Thank God you're here. No, man, this is, this is an excellent cigar. Everything I go north, I'm a fan of. But um, to, to me, uh, it's just such a well-balanced cigar. And it has a lot of the hallmarks of... Um, I think there are a lot of ways to achieve something that feels very Nicaraguan. Uh, this is one of the sorts of families of profiles that I think of. And it's got that like, really nice sort of round chocolatiness with that cedary sweetness that Eric was talking about. Yep. Um, the, the burn is perfect. I haven't had to touch this thing up a, a single solitary time. Um, and, and it's just such a beautiful looking cigar. You know, it's, it's not, um, I kind of like, you know, the, the, the colors even, but it's, it's not that almost like artificial looking. No, it's uh, not. No, like I mean, you, it'll look like a dark Colorado as opposed to a, a Maduro. Yeah, yeah. Because it's not, it's not that black. Well, yeah, uh, it doesn't look like it's Maduro. been nuked by, you know color we won't uh, yeah we won't go any <laughs> further into yeah, that yeah. uh nuked was a, a favorite phrase of my grandmother's when she first learned it okay so she went through a phase of like a year and a half where every time she was upset about anything or anyone her solution to it was nuked them. <laughs> she was nuking this she was nuking everybody if she had the, if she had the nuclear football oh my god it would have we would have already been through armageddon 15 times uh so yeah nuked them uh, her other favorite one, now that I'm on that subject, was Topsy Turvy. Really? Yeah, she loves saying when she the it minute. It's like a hard one to say too. The minute she learned no, Topsy but, Topsy Turvy. Yeah, but she spoke English. Huh? She did. Yeah, she came yeah. when she was 16. Yeah, but yeah. yeah. In in her older age, uh, she uh, and she still does this. She pretends not to speak English. She, you know what she did? She she graduated. Didn't she go to Miami High. Or she something? graduated from Miami High. Yeah. Really? And when my sisters went to their prom, she was already in that like playing dumb face, totally playing dumb. Yeah. And she actually asked my parents, a ver, que es un prom? Oh. And my mom was like, you went to a prom. What are you talking about? <laughs> um, so, uh, so there's that. You were there. Yeah. What are you smoking, MVP? I am smoking another a cigar from the Aganorsa family, That's an right. HVC Broadleaf. Delicious. So I love me some HVC. So between the two of you, since you're smoking, so you clearly know it, and you guys manufacture the cigar, Tell us about HVC and that cigar in particular. Uh, HVC is a brand uh, from a gentleman named Rainier Lorenzo. Uh, excellent cigars. Uh, he has a Pan Caliente, which is a nice medium body. Um, one of my favorites, the 2015 Edición Especial. And this Broadleaf, uh, which is just a phenomenal cigar. Yeah. Rainier is, uh, I'll come out and say, Rainier is my all-time favorite accent in the cigar industry. Great accent. If, uh, and he's also a super good dude. Uh, very interesting story. So if you go into the Cigar Snob podcast, if you're a podcast person, you can actually search for our interview with Reinier Lorenzo. That's R-E-I-N-E. Sorry, R-E-I-N-I 
R, Rainier, uh, Lorenzo, uh, of HVC Cigars. And um, he has a, a very unconventional path. Yeah. To into the cigar industry that involves sperms. I read about it. Yeah. <laughs> and and uh, if I believe uh, correctly, he also started in, in Wisconsin. Yeah, correct. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah so I, he, he I and I actually, I, I'm not sure, I don't remember now whether we lived in Wisconsin at the same time, but I think we were both. I think we did come to that conclusion that at one point you guys could have crossed paths. We could have crossed paths. Yeah, which I'm surprised we didn't because it's like all the Cubans made sure to cross paths with each other in Wisconsin, all like, you know, 10 of us. So, uh, <laughs> so yeah, I'm surprised that I never met him up there, but. Uh, we were probably at the same bars or the same whatever Cuban things were happening um, every, every so often. Because uh, there was a bar called The Cardinal, and the owner was Cuban. Um, and so all the Cubans went to his bar. He had all the, all the Cuban stuff that happened in Madison happened there. Um, in any case, so uh, Terrence, now that we're on the subject of, uh, of Reynier, talk a little bit about the, uh, the brand owners that Aganorsa works with. I think one of the very interesting things that Aganorsa has going, and I, I sort of experienced this firsthand when I was over there in Nicaragua to write a story about the company. Oh, look at this. Look, Jackson. Jackson's going bananas. I'm sorry, Jackson, we're not talking about you. We're talking about Aganorsa right now. Um, but uh, is, is it the, the group of people who have their cigars made at Aganorsa's factory is a very special group. It's, it's people who really, really know their stuff and sort of really jive with... Uh, it's a very well-chosen or like curated squad. Yeah, I, th I think one of the, the biggest testaments to the quality of our tobacco are the people we work with. And if you look at, like, you know, it's not, you know, a lot of times what happens is uh, a guy will come down to a factory and they say they blend a cigar. And what they do, and there's nothing wrong with this, they'll, they'll, they'll put six blends in front of them and the guy chooses blend five and like that's their cigar. Blender. Yeah, well, I mean, and again, there's nothing wrong with doing that, but that's not really blending a cigar. And yeah. that doesn't mean you necessarily, you know what you like, but that doesn't mean you know about tobacco. And the people that we work with, all have or some of the you know the top guys in the business in terms of you know their reputations for knowledge of tobacco so dion uh, Gilito from illusion i mean he's a guy that you know goes down he's smoking individual components he's building a blends around individual tobaccos he's going through bales uh nick malillo uh who i ungraciously left out of my previous comments uh he he, was, he was the you know head buyer for drew estate for years bought a lot of our tobacco tobacco buyer yeah but 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 bought a tobacco from you know lots of people, and so knew you know it's not like he was not familiar with all the other tobaccos that are out there. He came to to work with us. We made his first cigar. Um, you know, the guys warped Viaje. I mean, so these are people that are really successful, really know tobacco, and spend time really uh, developing blends. And they work with us because they know what they're dealing with is is some of the best stuff out there. Yep. And so Eduardo Fernandez, who uh, that's where the the company begins also has his own interesting story uh, with pizza. He does. So tell us a little bit about that, about where he comes from, because some of the people in the audience who are, you know, uh, have crossed pizza the lovers? pond. Were pizza lovers and have crossed the pond might, yeah. have, might have had a product that he had a hand in. Yeah, so uh, one of the interesting things about Eduardo's story is that it's similar in some ways and then completely different in others. So he, like so many uh, Cubans, he left uh, Cuba after Castro took power and came to South Florida. Um, so in that sense, it's very similar to a lot of other guys. But that's where the similarity ends. He was not involved in uh, tobacco. His family wasn't involved in tobacco. And he ended up becoming uh, vice president of a bank in Miami and had a pretty good life. And it was in the late 80s. And he saw how uh, pizza and Domino's and, and these fast food uh, pizza chains were developing in the United States and becoming really successful. So at night... Delivery pizza, delivery specifically. Pizza. Yeah. Uh, so in, at night, he, uh, he would work at a Domino's. And he kind of learned the business over the course of a year to see how it worked. And then he and his brother uh, took that model and went to, to Spain 
and set up something called Telepizza, which was built on the idea, you know, the similar concept. And it was from day one a success. And within, I think, about seven years, uh, he sold his share in the business for around 70 million or so. And uh, at that point, he didn't need to work anymore if he didn't want to, but he'd always wanted to be a farmer. He used to you know, joke about it uh, when he was in high school in Connecticut. Uh, they drive past the, the barns in Connecticut, and he said, someday I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be a farmer. And he, he sure, uh, sure enough went to Nicaragua and then got involved in agriculture. Uh, we have a lot of interest in uh, cattle, pigs, and tobacco. And he became one of the largest growers of tobacco in Nicaragua because he didn't have the, the background in the business. What he did is he brought over uh, a group of Cuban uh, agronomists and guys that worked for Cuba Tobacco who had retired from Cuba Tobacco but had been, you know, worked in the Cuban cigar industry uh, in some cases for up to half a century. And they knew, you know, Cuban cigars when they were at their prime in the, in the 70s and, you know, early 80s and, and were, uh, were brought over to create that kind of taste that they remembered and gave them the resources and, you know, they had the backing uh, financially to, to do that. So um, that's kind of how he entered into the business, which is yeah. a unique story. So you mentioned some of the other interests that they have in Nicaragua. I'll mention briefly the best Cuban-style pork that I have ever had was an Aganorsa pig that I had in Italy. Not at the Cigar Snob Chung Challenge? It wasn't, I'm sorry. Apol- <laughs> apologies to AJ Fernandez and Dr. Singer. But, yeah. uh, but ha- had they flown in an Aganorsa pig, you might have been at a disadvantage. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so we are coming up on the end of the show. Uh, we'll just drop some mentions. First of all, thank you, Terrence. Thanks to the MVP. We're here smoking Aganorsa Signature Maduro. Uh, tomorrow, I don't know what we're smoking, but we are not. We're going to have a guest. It's not a cigar guest. Tomorrow, we have Steve Reutstein, who is the band leader of Palo, arguably Miami's most popular uh, Latin band, maybe band period. Stick. Yep. Uh, yes, the stick. Um, Palo. So uh, Steve Reutstein of Palo will be here with us. Well, um, award, uh, like Grammy award-winning. Grammy Palo. award-winning Palo. Yes. No. This. The, these yeah, people. No, no joke. joke. Um, and Carluba is joining us, and then we also might be giving away some stuff. Then Wednesday, we will be smoking Hoya Silver, unless we're not. <laughs> so well, we'll for see. the moment, that's what it sounds like. Yeah. For the moment, that's the plan. So you have been listening to The Draw live from Cigar Cellar at 1557 Sunset Drive. I am Nick Jimenez, and with all the people that I just said, I'm going to cut to commercial and burp. Thank you for joining us. <laughs> Thank you, guys. <laughs> Thanks, guys. <laughs>